I don't know, man. The Broncos, they need some more respect, in my opinion, because I don't. You don't see teams turn it around like this. You don't see teams start one and five, and the whole fan base preaching, fire everybody, trade this guy, trade this guy, being sellers at the trade deadline to where we are now, six and five, and we're the because Buffalo just lost, so we're the um, ninth seed. We're right behind Houston. If we win next week and the Colts lose next week, do people not understand that the Broncos are going to be in the playoffs? We're going to be the seventh seed. If we beat Houston next week and the Colts lose, we are in the playoffs. That is ridiculous. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-hosts, J-Mac and Jordan Lopez, man. It is great to, uh, to see another Broncos win on the schedule. The Broncos have won five in a row, have de- defeated the Cleveland Browns uh, by a score of 29-12, to very dominant fashion, a great fourth quarter, great first quarter, lots to take away from today's game. Lots of Browns fans that chirped in our comment section on our game preview. You guys aren't saying jack shit now. Would you look at that? That's uh, that's funny. All Everything that you guys said, Went the opposite way, and everything that me and Jordan said exactly happened. So that, that yeah, yeah. isn't that funny. That's that's kind of funny. Uh, just want to throw that out there, and we're gonna keep taking more shots at you, just like you did in our comment section. Um, but with that being said, J Mac Jordan, how are you guys doing, man? Five in a row. The Broncos are above five hundred. I'm 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 doing good. I mean, I can't really complain. Just I'm just kind of shocked that we're still on this winning streak right now. But I wasn't surprised that we won today. But I'm I'm doing great. Sean, Sean Payne masterclass. It's it, it just feels great to have a Hall of Fame head coach. Mm. It really does. Absolutely, he made such a, he made such a big difference today. I mean, I really we're we're gonna talk about a lot of good on today's game, and then not a lot of bad at all because there's really not a lot a lot to talk about today at all for anything that went bad. I mean, let's just go and start talking about some of the big reasons the Broncos won today's game. Um, I just want to give uh, some little shout-outs to uh, Mike Purcell, Cortland Sutton, who had really big first halves. Um, Mike Purcell prevented a touchdown, forced a field goal for the Broncos at that PBU. Cortland Sutton makes him a big play today. He was getting open consistently, not always uh, getting his targets, but when he does uh, get his targets, he's making plays. Obviously, there's that one uh, touchdown where it's a little bit high and he wasn't able to get you know catch it. But, man, he still played a really good game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply game today leads the team in receiving yards um for multiple weeks in a row now big game on his part um the defense though man just another game it's like at this point i i, I don't even know if i can say they're gonna stop they're gonna slow down this is now like four or five weeks in a row with at least three takeaways like when are they gonna stop i for the love of god i have not gonna what i hope they don't but man another three takeaways today um four sacks seven qb hits five forced fumbles Four pass breakups, multiple, multiple, uh, you know, getting off the field on third down. Like, it's just masterclass. Vance Joseph, Sean Payton, 
Russell Wilson was making it look, look like uh, vintage Russ out there some plays today. I mean, it's just beautiful. The play calling was just excellent, excellent. I loved what I loved most in that first quarter was this run, 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 run. Like some people may get mad about that, but man, Champagne was making it very, very, very like focal uh, to Jim Schwartz that he's going to be pounding the the rock. At a, at a premium in this game, and the, there's no way they're going to stop it. I mean, the Broncos in rushing today, uh, they picked up a total of 169 yards. That is a season high for a run-first team against the 11th-ranked run defense. The, all the Browns fans are telling me, oh, you guys are underestimating the Browns' defense. Oh, the Browns' defense is way better than you guys give it credit for. We said multiple times it's the best defense in the league, but clearly today it was not the fucking best defense in the league because we absolutely – Put the hammer down on you guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Browns fans. You you guys little too chirpy. You 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 talking with a seven three record when it's a, we we you know it's a fraudulent record. I mean, we we just handed it to you guys today. Seventeen point dub. I mean, this was in my opinion like the, one of our most impressive wins because it's not even like the offense needed the three takeaways. Like they still played really do, like dominant. It wasn't like constant three and outs punting every possession like. We we saw massive improvements this week against the best defense in football. I mean, Jim Schwartz was kind of lost, like what to do, how to respond to Sean Payton's offense. I would have to agree with the defense. I mean, just talk about, again, setting the tone, taking the ball away. But real quick, I do want to give a shout-out to DTR. He played better than I thought he was. I thought he was going to make a ton of mistakes. It was some plays that I thought he he made some really good throws and that kind of shocked me. But the defense overall, man, I mean, the Browns low-key beat themselves. But the Broncos just – I don't even – like, I feel like the defense just isn't getting enough credit as much. If this was any of the – a team like Kansas City or Philadelphia, Turner, you know, having takeaways like this many, that high of a number, I feel like they'll be – you see it on ESPN, all these networks constantly. His defense is just balling. And it starts in the secondary. The past the, – the, the secondary is just playing – it's ridiculous. Like, I, you, you saw the, the Buffalo, Kansas City. I mean, no premier receiver has gone off. You really haven't seen quarterbacks play an outstanding game against us during this run. I mean, the past, Jordan tweeted today, the pass rush has been kind of – it's been a little bit non-existent. They picked it up later in the game. But moving forward, I don't know how guys are going to have to – you're going to have to throw the ball to beat us. And the way the secondary is playing with McMillan, Moreau, and Sertan back there, and, and, and these, these, these corners and these safeties – PJ Locke too. I want to give a huge shout out to PJ Locke. What a game he had, and yeah. we, we we talked about how much we needed him. And with with another Kareem suspension, I mean, just all over the field today. Had a, uh, I think he what he how many tackles he had? Seven. Seven tackles. I mean, he had, I saw he had a pass breakup, and he had the the game ceiling strip sack. I mean, he's all over the field making plays. Huge shout out to the defense. I can't really. It's really no complaints all around today. I mean, the offense really hit their stride too. So. Yeah, hopefully the uh, NFL doesn't suspend uh, PJ Locke for the rest of the season on that unnecessary roughness call. You know the way the league has been uh, judging these uh, calls, but for me, it, it's it's the offense. It was the the run game at least for me. Ch- Sean Payne, that run game today was magnificent. Just absolutely like dialing it up. Russ had some really good checks at the line, and you even saw Russ uh, even running a bit today too. Even after he fumbled, which was which was a terrible fumble. Champagne the very next drive, ran him three straight times, got a touchdown out of it too. I mean, it was everything about today was perfect. And it just shows again why a head coach makes such a difference because Champagne ran laps around Kevin Stefanski today and it was not even close. Bro, his play calling today, my goodness, that was bad. 
that 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 was really bad. Um, yeah, the only two critiques I would give the team today was that bad Russ fumble. Obviously, there's some throws they threw to Javante um, that were a little yeah. bit bad, but like all, overall, man, this is another good performance by Russell Wilson. I don't care if it's only 134 yards. He executed what Sean Payton put out uh, on the script for him in that first quarter, and then took off with it. I, like like what we said in the the game preview, the the Browns have the third worst defense in football in the first quarter. Get off to a good start. Protect the lead running the football. It's exactly what they did. And the defense just helped out complimenting with three takeaways. And they just played lights down the fourth quarter. Like I, the PJ Walker could not do crap. I mean, everybody, everybody talking about, oh, you guys only won because I saw somebody say that you guys only won because DTR. Let, let, let's be honest, dude. Like, really? His first career road star, like he was really gonna go out and win that game, especially with the way our defense is playing, getting hot. Like, you're not convincing me that their their offense is pretty bad. It's it's a reason why they're not even better than seven and four. Um, but yeah, those are the only things that also that hit by PJ. Um, obviously questionable by the refs, but overall that was un, that was unnecessary for being completely honest. That was not needed. They gave he yeah. basically gave the Browns uh, free six points there. Um, but man, besides that, we still won by seventeen. Huge huge game. Um, PJ Lock, DJ Jones, I thought had a, a really good game as well. The the, the yes. dude's like over three hundred pounds, flying sideline to sideline. He literally is looking like Drew Sanders at nose tackle. Like this this should not be allowed at his position. And he's he's looking like an insane athlete. Like he yeah he deserves the contract, and he might honestly get a second contract from the Broncos after next season. Uh, but man, that huge, he obviously had a fumble recovery um, from that uh, little trick play by the Browns that didn't work out. I mean, he from sideline to uh, sideline, being an interior nose tackle, like I said, it's it's ridiculous what he's doing on the football field. Yeah, and I do want to give a huge shout out to the offensive line today. Miles Garrett, I didn't hear his name pretty much get called all day. I think he had one big play, and that came when the game, of course, is basically over. Huge shout-out. I mean, you talked about the run game. To me, this was the best game we had running the football. And I'm not even just saying from a yard standpoint. It was just the consistency of it. I mean, we, we yeah. had a big play with Javante get called back off of another atrocious call from the refs that Corlin Sutton, quote-unquote, hold. It was terrible. I mean, it was just – the hold wasn't even there. We should have had more yards with that. But Samaj P. Ryan and Javante Williams, we know, like, we know they're kind of the same back, but just the one-two punch – it's just, I mean, it's it's really ridiculous. You can't really tackle them. They're both physical. They they run they run low to the ground. I mean, just Sean Payton really dialed it up today. The Browns had no answer for us. I mean, that's just what it is. I know Miles Garrett was kind of limping on and off the field, but still, this guy is most likely going to win Defensive Player of the Year, and he was non-existent today. Didn't really make any big huge plays, and it was also a good. In Sean Payton, he got the ball out quick. He didn't really give him a chance for us to stay in the pocket and allow Miles Garrett to get him. Um, I know the one play I think he did have a chance to get Russ. Russ outran him and picked up the first yeah. down. Yeah, I mean, huge shout out to the offensive line today. Huge. I mean, Amir and I talked about it in the preview, how uh, we need to win the uh, time of possession battle. We had 32 minutes of possession. The Browns had 27. That's perfect. It would have been a lot more, but at the end, it was just quick three and outs just to get the game over with. But at the end of the day, the Denver Broncos had 39 rushing attempts, 39 carries for the whole game, and the Browns had 24. You would think that Kevin Stefanski would run the ball 39 times with a backup quarterback and then a third-string quarterback, but no. It was Peyton understanding who he has, how to manage his guys, and how to win the game. And that is the biggest difference going forward this season. It's going to be Sean Payton versus now we have the Michael Ryans next. 
And then now we have a whole bunch of other coaches next. But this is going to be the biggest difference going forward is Champagne. He understands how to win games. He knows what to do, play calling-wise, everything about it, everything about it. And you can tell he has his fingerprints on the defense a bit. And I like to, I would like to believe, and obviously we don't know if this is true, but a little theory of mine would be when the Broncos' offense was struggling a few weeks ago and they had those inconsistent lapses, but the defense were buzzing. I believe that's because Payne was more hands-on with the defense a bit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, now I think both of them are kind of, you know, playing complementary football. So, again, I know I kind of harped on the pass rush not being good today against the Browns, but we can spin that to a posit- positive and say once this pass rush does get going, this defense is going to be really, really good. Because if they're not playing how they are now, I can only imagine when Bonito, Cooper, even Baron Browning, we saw Drew Sanders a bit. When those guys get going, this defense is going to take another step forward. Yeah, how about Drew Sanders? Uh, they he's he uh, they had him in like the first series, uh, and he actually played like every quarter today. Um, it, it was good to see him uh, out there rushing the passer, uh, getting a little little bit of a uh, pressure. Obviously, he's really raw to it, just like uh, Baron Browning when he first started off uh, over the middle, um, and then the Broncos transitioned to the edge, and now he's playing really uh, pr- playing really well as well. Um, yeah. Also, uh, um, yeah. Obviously, that that Baron Browning, uh, you know, roughing uh, the passer, whatever you want to call it, unnecessary roughness. It was a legal hit. I mean, it looked it looked rough, like live speed, obviously. But of course, that's what the refs see. They don't. They're they, they're not going to take a look at the replay and actually, you know, take that back. But um, yeah. just questionable, questionable overall by the refs today. And then, you know, going back to J Mac about the pass protection. Yeah, pass protection, beautiful today. I mean, that that Russ touchdown and Adam Trotman, he had like probably 10 seconds to make that play i mean the, there was so much time back there um he he had uh, one of the defenders like on his skates too i mean it, it, it was it was a beautiful thing yeah and going back to that touchdown you just talked about we well, just russ is i don't think it's too many quarterbacks in the league that can make that play consistently like how russ has been doing as of late i mean rolling out the, that that's still a tough throw but what a tough catch by Troutman. but all in all the offense i will say this i do want to see I think they played a really good game, and I know Jordan's going to agree with me on this. I want to see a little bit more Jerry Judy. I just I wanted to see a little bit more Jerry Judy today. But I will say, Corlin Sutton, like you brought up earlier, it seems like every time they're giving him the ball, he's just making some catch. And a, some crazy catch. And, again, with the refs, the offensive pass interference. I don't know if it's – I don't know what y'all thought about it. I didn't really think it was offensive pass interference. I don't know what you guys thought about it. But it wasn't. Yeah, I didn't think it was either, and that took away a big play. But Corlin Sun's really coming along. I mean, we um, he's during this stretch, it's he's a clear cut number one. And I don't know, depending on how we finish the season, I don't even I know we talked about him getting traded or not being on his team next year. I don't think that's the case. I think definitely depending on how the season does end, I think Corlin Sun's gonna be back. For definitely. sure. For sure. Yeah, that offensive pass interference call was – I mean, we've seen way worse not get called. So <laughs> I was I was very surprised on that. But, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I was not surprised that Judy did not get any targets or catches. I mean, um, n- nothing phases me at this point. Uh, a 2018 Belantikoff Award winner doesn't get the ball. It's pretty remarkable. It really is. Yeah, he had three th- – Two, uh, two catches, three targets for him today. Obviously, we'd like to see him uh, get a little bit more inclusion in the offense. Um, I think what's so special about this team, and you talk about Sun being a wide receiver one, I think Judy is as well. But what's so special about this team is 
I, I, I just have to like bring it back to my Denver Nuggets last season where every player is playing their own roles and accepting like it's not about just, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy or I'm that like everybody's accepting their roles because you saw like I, I'm not going to lie. I saw Judy like throw like not throwing tantrums, but like getting frustrated on the sidelines at the beginning of the season or seeing uh, like a whoever it is, like seeing players getting frustrated about their roles or like their lack of targets or whatever. And then you have Marvin Mims recently who's just joking about it and it's fine he's fine with them man he just wants to win football games even though he's a rookie like guys are accepting their roles and that's a big that's a big you know effect and ca- cause and effect from sean payton yeah bring him in here because i promise you if nathaniel hackett was here melvin gordon would still be complaining in his office right now getting at least five more carries a game just because he at he complained in his office about all that like what i'm getting at just like Players are they, they know their roles and they're accepting their roles, even if it doesn't mean that they're getting 10 targets per game, like a Justin Jefferson or a Tyree Kill. Like it is so important because when you find your identity, you have to stick to your identity. And that means that it's not always going to be an alpha or it's not always going to be, um, you know, a certain guy in the run game that's always getting the carries. Like it's a Javante, a Jaleel, a Samaje. Like Samaje was more included in the offense today because he had a big game uh, the previous week against the Vikings. And then now, you know, over the last over our winning streak, Jared Judy's only averaging like three targets a game, but the Broncos are winning pretty convincingly. So like, it sucks that he's not getting all the love. But honestly, I'm more happy that we're just winning football games instead of Jared Judy not always getting all the targets. Just because I feel like these players accepting their roles is far more important. But if we can win even better because of Jared Judy be getting more targets, which I think could be, uh, you know. It could be part of this offense. Um, I, I'm just not, you know, too worried or you know, mad about it. But at the end of the day, I do think that's important to uh, to note. Yeah, no, I agree. And if you watch, like, I agree. I just, I just want to see Jerry Judy ball. That's just me. That, that that's that's just the fan of me speaking. But I will say, I mean, this offense, they they kind of spread the ball around a lot more than than a lot of people look at this the box scoring thing. I mean, it's a lot of throws to the running backs. Corlin Sutton's like the main guy, the wide receiver who gets most of the targets. But today you saw Mims get the ball. Lil Jordan Humphrey has some catches. So, I mean, they're spreading – Sean Payton's spreading the ball around more. I think he's realized that this isn't the type of offense where, like you said, it needs to be an alpha. Like, we just need to give Corlin Sutton the ball 12 to 13 times a game like most teams in the league do. Like, you see Buffalo do with Diggs or the Vikings do with Jettas. I think he knows that this offense, the ball needs to get spread around just a lot more. It was like MT with New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, J Mac, if you want to see Judy Ball, you're gonna to have to listen next year to when he's on another team because it's, it's not gonna happen on this team, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, at least he got his cardio in though, so I mean, gotta go work out in every once in a while. That's should do you some favors, but yeah, I have, uh, I have a lot of thoughts on that. But since we won, I'll keep it light here. But yeah, people uh, will not be happy with me uh, later tonight if I do pop off on uh, Twitter. <laughs> Um, we're going to talk a little bit about this in the off season uh, about Josie Jules contract, but he played well. He, he played really, really, really well today. A sack, obviously it was a forced fumble, but Broncos weren't able to jump on it. Uh, three tackles just flying around the field. The defense is playing with a lot of attitude. Uh, under Vance Joseph today, I I was I was so happy to see on the sidelines like him getting riled up with the players and stuff like getting hyped. So that that was so cool for me to see. Um, but like in the terms of future for Josie Jewell, like he's by far our best linebacker right now. And now Drew Sanders is moving to uh, edge, and uh, there's still a few plays today where Alex Singleton missed it, like a tackle or two. Like, do you think at this point the Broncos just? They, I mean, in my opinion, I think they have to re-sign Josie Jewell again. 
Yeah, he's our best linebacker. And I think I said that in the last episode, too, that he's been yeah. just consistently the best linebacker. Alex Singleton, he's not playing bad football, just a missed tackles, man. It's, it's going to – one of these games is going to be a really bad missed tackle. And it, I I'm hope I hope it doesn't cost us the game. But, I mean, Josie yeah. Jones has been consistent. In coverage, he's been really good. And, and also just – tackling in general and that's just an, an area of the team that still is kind of shaky and Alex Singles is a big part of that but I mean I can't really complain when the linebackers flying all over the field making tackles doing well in coverage and he's making he's causing turnovers too I don't think he caused one today but during this stretch he's caused the he's caused a couple of them so most definitely I would say extend them I've always liked Josie Jewell and uh just that linebacker crew in general it's just since we were losing in the earlier part of the season not, not everyone liked them, but now that we're winning, everybody has a, a good feeling about them. But I hope uh, Josie's on this team for a while. So, uh, again, he played good. I think others on the linebacker crew played well as well. But I know Singleton had a shaky game, but still I thought he did what he had to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cornerback Fabian Moreau as well. Another week that we're not hearing his name called at all. And like I said last week, that's a good that's a good thing. You don't you don't want to hear your, your guy constantly getting beat up on like Damari Mathis was, and he's taken over in a big way and played very 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 astounding. Um, same thing with him. Do you guys think the Broncos at this point they're they're gonna wait till obviously after the season? But like, do you think if he keeps playing like this, the Broncos just like resign him and he's a he's that guy beside PS two? I would say they bring him back, but I don't know if they're going to make him like the long-term solution. Probably a cheap deal. Probably be most yeah, ideal, yeah. right? Yeah, it'll be like a brought back thing for dev purposes. I think depending on what they do in the offseason, if they want to go after a premier cornerback too, I think they'll do it. I think, you know, that he can be a good depth piece, but he's playing extremely well. Now, I'm not saying that that's how the way he's playing. He's playing like a really – he's playing at a really great level, like really good level. But in terms of them, what they're going to do, I don't know how old he is. How old is Fabian Morrow? Do you know? Um, I'm going to have to look it up and edit this. I was literally going to look it up like during your point, but I was thinking about something else. He's 29, yeah, so okay, that's what I, I was going yeah. yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, he's 29, so I don't know if they're going to go strictly and just lock him up for like a, you know, a, a little bit like maybe a two-year, two, two-year, three-year deal. I think they're going to go, go after another cornerback too. But as far as this season goes, He's definitely earned his spot back on the team next season. And, I mean, just think about it. The dude came in during the middle of the preseason. And now he's – I mean, look at the way he's playing. I mean, like you said, he's not getting his name called. And that's the same. That goes for all three of them, McMillan, Fabian Moreau, and Patrick Sertan. I mean, they're just – I just still don't think that all three of them, they're not getting enough love by the just around the league at the way they've been playing the last – because, I mean, we're talking about two guys who aren't even starters going into the season with uh, Fabian Moreau and Jaquan McMillan. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely think he's earned a spot back here on the team next year. In terms of the future for that unit and that room, that corner room, I think we're going to draft someone uh, that's pretty high up there. I I wouldn't doubt if one of our first three picks are on a corner. I wouldn't doubt it. Get a, a young stud there with him, match him up with a PS2. I think uh, that's the right way to go, especially that this draft class in general, just all of the positions have are, are going to be really good. And there's some really good ones that are going to be available, especially like in the fourth and third round. So I would not doubt it if uh, we get uh, our main corner uh, besides PS2 in the draft. My God, imagine you draft a top corner in the first round. That would be unstoppable with 
unstoppable with PS2. And by the way, I just got chills looking at Amari Cooper's stat line. Two catches, 16 yards. Prayers to him with his recovery, but God, PS2 is the best in the world. Like, it's yeah, it's just he, a weekly thing that we say the same. And, and, and the thing is, he was dropping passes too. But I will say, Jordan, um, to your point, though, with the draft coming up, yeah, I think that – I think first round is going to definitely be a defensive player. I think it's going to be either edge or corner. And I'm just looking at – I've been looking at the board. I would not mind getting, like, a Kool-Aid McKinstry or somebody like that just to go right alongside Pat, two Bama corners. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it at all. I would love it. I was going to say that, but if he falls that far – because I'm thinking we're honestly going to be picking, like, no earlier than, like, pick 23-ish. Like maybe like pick twenty two ish probably because I I I don't see really the Bron I see maybe the Broncos losing at the very most like two more games the very most very most yeah. that's how much confident this was such a like let's just recap the show like this was such a big statement win like I don't know if I I don't know how many times I'm gonna talk about it like over the best defense in football over the third best rushing team in football you hold them to hundred and four rushing yards they don't do crap. Vance Joseph, the turnaround has just been unbelievable. Like it, I like you said, J Mac. People are not talking about the Broncos. They need to start talking about the Broncos. Six and five, five in a row. We were the laughing stock of the NFL. I was on here saying, "Fire everybody, fire everybody, trade everybody, release everybody." Here we, here we are, man. I was one of the haters, and here, here I, here I am, man. It's, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, and um, real quick, I was one. I was right. I was right alongside with you. But think of the last episode I was on. I talked about. I felt like this is a game that I feel like we could shock a lot of people and run up the scoreboard on them. So I just have it was yeah. one of those feelings I had that we. I was like, we might end up scoring a lot of points. This might be a big step for our offense, and it was wins like this give, especially for the offense, is going to give them so much confidence going into a game like next week against Houston. Houston can put up points. But this game, this game gave him all the confidence in the world. And, yeah, man, but this turnaround is it's ridiculous. And y'all, y'all, Jordan was talking about Sean Payton. He's not getting enough credit, in my opinion. If we find a way, oh, yeah. and, and I agree with you, like I, I said going into the Buffalo game that we have to win six out of our next eight, and we're just, we just find ways to keep winning. If we find a way to, to – I wouldn't even say, like, if we find a way to win ten games, even we do miss the playoffs and winning ten games, I think Sean Payton has to be coach of the year. To the, the 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 turnaround that he's had, one in five to to finish around. It, it just say just say say we finish with ten wins, which is which is very likely. Like the the way our schedule is, we can win four more games. Man, Sean, I think it's gonna be a hard case for him not to win it. Just the Broncos in general deserve more credit. And I remember watching um first take this week, and Stephen A's like, I don't believe in him just yet. I'm like, man, like what do you have to do? You beat the Bills on the road. You beat you beat Mahomes. You beat the hottest team in the, the Vikings. And now you got a statement win against Cleveland, the, who has the best defense in the league. Regardless of what you want to say, you can't say the offense didn't, didn't do much, that it was defense. They The offense put up points early. So I don't know, man. The Broncos, they need some more respect, in my opinion, because I don't. you don't see teams turning around like this. You don't see teams start one and five and the whole fan base preaching, fire everybody, trade this guy, trade this guy, being – Sellers at the trade deadline to where we are now six and five and we're the because Buffalo just lost so we're the um, ninth seed we're right behind Houston in yep. the playoff rankings yeah we're, all, means, we're tied with them yes and if we win next week if we win next week and the Colts lose next week do people not understand that the Broncos are going to be in the playoffs we're going to be the seventh seed if we beat Houston next week and the Colts lose we are in the playoffs that is ridiculous. 
A lot of people would not be happy if Sean Payne uh, won the coach of the year. Just a lot of people won't be happy just because of all the things they said about him earlier. But uh, in my opinion, he has to be top three right now in the coach of the year uh, votes. At least as of right now. I mean, there's a lot of games left, but still, what, what he's done, he he deserves most of the credit for this turnaround. He really does. Just from the game planning to game situational stuff, game management stuff, he's the he shows why a head coach really means something in Denver because we haven't had one in a while, and uh, he's just proving it that it matters a lot. I, th- I think back to you see during the game so many times Russ checking at the line of scrimmage constant, not audibles. Those are literally those are things that Sean Sean Payne puts in his game plan on purpose on those plays. So, you know, make those checks at the line of scrimmage, change pass protection, change plays. Purpose he purposely goes into plays knowing what the actual play he wants to do, but line up a certain way and change it to throw off the defense and note it and you know realize and identify coverages, which gives you an advantage. I literally, I'm not kidding. I think when I watch a lot of teams, we are the only team that does that. Like I, I rarely see any other teams do that. Like Sean, I can't say it enough how smart Sean Payton is on a play calling level on the offensive side of the ball. It's, it's, it's remarkable. And even Jordan talks about how he helped change the defense as well. Like he's not even a defensive guy. And the fact that he has taken over roster management as well in his first year with the Broncos drafting, he's responsible for the free agent class. I've seen people on my Twitter be like, oh, do you know what you're talking about? George Payne's the GM, not Sean. Sean Payne's calling the shots. He He's the guy, buddy. George Payne, he's the one that hired Nathaniel Hackett and screwed up our 2022 draft. So, of course, Sean Payne's going to come in and be like, we're going to do shit my way, and this is how it's going to be done if you want to keep your job. You really think George Payne's the one that drafted Riley Moss, traded for Marvin Mims, signed Ben Powers, Mike McGlinchey, brought in all these these coaches, brought Davis Webb. Like, like, bro, these are not George Payne moves. Sean Payne, Sean Payton, the amount of like responsibilities he's taken on in his first year after being off, literally being on television for a year, it it deserves more credit. So I'm all I'm all for it, man. Give me give me my sign right now for Sean Payton for head coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking – and just think about everything that happened at the beginning of the season. Bro, Dolphins scored 70 points on us. When that happens to a team during the season, you usually – the team is like, they're done. Regardless of what point in the season, you get 70 hung on you, you're done. And just Sean Payton is just – and I, I'm going to just say this real quick. People said it was classless and it was disgusting and it was uncharacteristic and all this about what he said about Nathaniel Hackett. I want everybody to go take a look at the Jets and say anything that Sean Payton was wrong. Yeah, the Jets may have beat us, but look at us now and look at the Jets and look where they are right now in that offensive play calling. Because it looks like, from from, from what I'm watching, that Aaron Rodgers, he don't even know what Nathaniel Hack is doing. He's done. He tried to go on the field and call some plays, and he's like, I don't know what – his facial expression, I don't know what the hell uh, Nathaniel's calling over there, but I'm I'm going up in the booth. Because, I mean, he is – and people's – People want to throw, man, Zach Wilson trash. Yeah, but we all knew he was trash. But he's even worse with Nathaniel Hackett. And I just want to put that out there. Get this man coached. If we, if we make the playoffs or just or just win 10 games, I think coach of the year, man. First year, like you said, coming off the of TV, one in five, 70 hung on you. And then you beat the Bills. And regardless how the Bills play, that, that's still not an easy win in Buffalo. Like with Josh Allen and Stephon, that's not an easy win. The Cheese Bills, the Viking, I mean, primetime games, all that. Man, we did it. That's all I got to say. Yeah, it was weird because 
I was told that Peyton lost the locker room. And I was going to say, it also looks like, you know, people were saying that um, Dan Quinn should have been the head coach of this football team. Well, I mean, that's a, a whole nother. I mean, that that still might be one of the most infuriating things I, I've heard in a we while. We should hire Dan Quinn. Over, like, people honestly <laughs> believe, like, people who cover the Broncos actually believe that Dan Quinn should have been hired over Sean Payton. That Dan Quinn was a better suit for this football team than Sean Payton. We, we would have almost any coach in the league. Our season to be shot, shot, like completely dead in the water. We probably wouldn't even want any of these games that we played. Besides, maybe today. I don't care if the Cowboys traded us a first round pick to take Dan Quinn. I still <laughs> would have got. I still would have taken Sean Payne and traded. I, traded an extra first round pick. Like that, that. That's where I'm at with that. It's just. It, it's. It's actually kind of funny that people uh, genuinely thought that. Me, me and J Mac, we were we were on that since the Bro. beginning. Jordan was on it as well. So man, we pounded the table and it was just like. I don't like. I, I don't think people in the Denver media understood how big it was gonna be if we like at the time if, if we were to land a Sean Payton and what that would do for the culture of this team. And we're seeing it right now. Just we just seen it develop. Like regardless how the seasons end, like the turnaround that we've had just speaks volumes and just speaks of how it's not the same. Like it's not the same here. We're not gonna hold our heads down anymore and just no, none of that is happening. And I'm gonna say kudos because he stuck with it. I'm not gonna lie. I was calling for Van Joseph to be gone. And I know that I, I believe when Jordan says, I, I feel like Sean Payton put his hands on the defense a little bit, but to stick with Van Joseph, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if any other team in the league probably would have done that, but I want to just say kudos to Sean Payton for doing it because it's, it's worked out. Man, like I said, the Browns, you, you talk about being all these teams and if people don't believe in us, I say, yeah, yeah. I mean, we constantly keep beating the hottest teams in football. Like I said in our game preview, the Browns, besides this game, they've won five of their last six. Like that's two back-to-back weeks that we beat the hottest teams in football. I mean, obviously, we were the hottest team in football coming in today, and we, we still are. But the Browns, second hottest team in football, beat them. The, the Vikings were the hottest team in football, beat them. The Chiefs, one of the best offenses in football, beat them. Bills still they even though they're defensively they're not great offensively they just gave the Bills or the, the the Eagles a run for their money we beat them like who else bring them on bring them on I, I I'm ready for the challenge and the Broncos are about to they only have two remaining home games for the rest six the rest of the six games so it's about yeah. to get tough but I think I think Sean Payne has this team uh, ready for the challenge Vance Joseph as well. But yeah, that's going to be it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. For you guys listening on YouTube, as always, man, celebrate the Broncos dub with uh, hitting the like button, subscribing, helping us get to 2,000 subscribers, uh, turn on post notifications. Uh, and uh, so you guys are always the first to the premiere on YouTube. If you guys are listening on Apple, Spotify, um, make sure you guys do the same thing over there. All your support is greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Happy holidays to everybody. Hope you guys enjoy uh, the rest of your uh, your weekend. We're going to be back at uh, back at you on a Tuesday with another episode as well. Um, be grinding out, uh, getting a little bit more episodes out this uh, upcoming week as the Broncos take on the Houston Tex- Texans in uh, one of their toughest matchups yet. J-Mac will be at the uh, at the game in uh, NRG Stadium. Um, so uh, he'll be uh, giving us uh, that. All three of us went to uh, games this year. So um, he'll be giving, giving us his in-person uh, uh, thoughts on the game as well. I know we had some uh, we had some good takes. Uh, honestly, Jordan, when he went to the Dolphins game, even though we got fucking demolished, uh, he brought up about uh, VJ getting ripped into by Sean Payton and that that uh, obviously um, a lot of people didn't know about that until Jordan brought it up so that's why that's why you listen to the show we give you guys a little bit of info that not everybody else is be able to give to you um, but with that being said um, I'm your host Amir Farrell with my co-host Jay Mac and Jordan so next one peace
Peace out. Peace.